Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year. Unless it's a leap year, then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. And it is now the fifth day of January 2017, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from a Sully Baseball studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants. Well, I have a special guest today. Nelson Figueroa pitched many years in the major leagues for organizations like the Diamondbacks, the Brewers, and the Mets. He played overseas as well. Had a real interesting baseball career, and now he is one of the hosts of SNY, the network that covers the New York Mets. And coming up in a few weeks is the Nelson Figueroa Annual Charity Bowl in New York City, where he's going to talk about that for a little bit. But we had a wonderful conversation on the phone where we talked about his Charity Bowl and a really interesting baseball career, of which he is the first ever of two unusual, well, claims to fame in the major league. So here's my conversation with former Mets pitcher Nelson Figueroa. Nelson Figueroa, thank you for being part of the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast. And um, to talk a little bit about the, we'll get, we'll talk right at the top about the uh, annual charity bowl that's going on on this, the Monday the 16th of of January, is that correct? Yes, that's absolutely correct. Uh, yeah, we decided to do it the 16th of January, Martin Luther King Day. Hopefully, some people have some time off. Uh, 6 to 9 p.m. over at Lucky Strike Bowl in Manhattan. Uh, you can go to my Twitter page at, at Fig SNY F I G S N Y, and also on my Facebook page, which is F I G S N Y. And you can see the links to the event where you can uh, click on it, read all about what we're trying to do. Also, click on the bottom to reserve your space with us for $40 donation. You get unlimited bowling, food, some beverages, uh, good time. There's still celebrities signing up. Um, we've got you know several members of my team over at SNY. Jim Duquette will be there. We've got a couple actors from Blue Bloods. We've got possibility of some of the actors from Gotham coming through. Uh, been in talks with some of the actual current Met players that are possibly coming through and uh, some of former players. So those are surprises we've been adding on, uh, you know, almost a person a day. Ken Dashout, who is a rock and roll DJ legend here in New York with mm-hmm. King 104, he's, uh, he's already signed up and in attendance. Um, a former Major Leaguer Frankie Rodriguez from Brooklyn, New York, also uh, will be there. So it seems every day that this has gone on, someone has said, hey, I want to come, I want to definitely bowl. And they know I'm a big bowler, so they want to challenge me is what it really comes down to. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's the event um, on that night. Um, it's a twofold idea. Here, The cause and the charity that we're uh, trying to help out tremendously, I when I was a Met in 2009, I met this family. Uh, the Finkelsteins from Long Island, New York. Their daughter Perry was in a wheelchair, came over to me and handed me a bracelet for good luck and asked me if I could give David Wright one, and you know everybody wants to give David Wright something. So I was excited to be in the same breath as David Wright, so I said, sure, no problem. I went over, got got him the bracelet. I wore it for the rest of the season, Um, and it brought me luck. I felt like I had one of my better finishes to a season, had my complete game shut out in 2009, Um, and so... I kept in contact with them briefly, and then this year they got back in contact with me and let me know how well Perry has been doing since that time. Seven years later, 
Uh, last year she walked, um, and she has a muscular dystrophy. She normally is confined to a chair. Oh, um, wow. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Walked. Yeah, wow. she walked uh, on her own power with a special device that they've created. She walked a 1,000 steps in the Miami Marathon, and I was so inspired by that that I uh, got even more of her story, invited her to come visit me at SNY. Next thing you know, I'm hearing about her latest plan is now one mile strong, and so she's going to walk one mile in the Miami Marathon. So I signed up for the Miami Marathon, and I, too, have issues with my my hips. I had a hip replacement, so I can't run it, but I'm going right. to walk – uh, half a marathon in honor of her and her cause, which is Team Team Lifeline. Their division is Team Perry, and they uh, support High Lifeline. High Lifeline is a group, a tremendous group, who does incredible work for kids with terminal illnesses. And really just what they do is they raise a lot of money to for kids to have an opportunity to go to these, like, summer camps where they get to experience things they normally don't get to experience. You see kids who, you know, confined to a wheelchair who are ziplining and things like that or getting a chance to get on a jet ski, especially modified jet ski, things that most normal kids can do with their summer vacation. Right. Their kids, their everyday tasks of, you know, just what they have to go through every day to get through their days. It's great to see the smiles on their faces and make lifelong memories. And so Perry is very, very big in this. She's raised tons of money already with this. And I said, you know what, I want to be on board with you guys. So this is my uh, attempt to help out. So the bowling part of it was the fun part. I know that, you know, especially, you know, kids confined to a wheelchair or kids with illnesses, mm-hmm. We have devices that can help them with the bowling. It's a chance to let them get out and, you know, be around other people. And, you know, a couple of strikes here and there, you get some high fives and you see the smile. So I figured everybody from every walk of life could do bowling. Um, so I set that up. And now the other part of this thing is a we have a huge, huge, we've had a huge outpouring. Uh, we've contacted almost every industry. When you talk about comedy, you talk about sports, you talk mm-hmm. about movies we've contacted almost every industry and said hey listen you know i would love to do something in the new york area for these kids uh, could you donate anything and one one of the things that we do a little differently with this uh, auction is people are donating their time and what i mean by that is you have a chance to have lunch with celebrities you have a chance to have coffee with celebrities bruce beck who's a you know industry legend in sports here in new york bruce beck is is donating his time to have coffee with bruce beck you bid on it you have coffee with bruce beck pick his brain see what he's all about get to meet him face to face things like that um when we do uh sports packages so like david wright has signed up with me and you get a chance to go to the met game you have uh, tickets to the Mets game. You get to see batting practice. David Wright will come to you after batting practice, sign a ball, take a picture, and that's an experience package. This is what we're doing. That's a little bit different. It's not just a normal, hey, you're you know you're buying a uh, signed jersey, but you're getting an experience along with it. We have a tremendous package. The Knicks sent us four tickets. We have a signed Carmelo Anthony jersey, and we have actually combined it with Hooters, who has given us a $300 gift card for happy hour before the game. And, of course, I had to tag along because I want to go see a Knicks game. So (laughs) (laughs) I get a chance to go with you to happy hour. You get the Hooters gift card. You get the Carmelo Anthony signed jersey and four tickets to go watch the game. And it should be a tremendous time here in New York. And hopefully they'll be playing a little bit better than they are now. But, again, you know, you got to keep the faith. So there's all – and when I say that, that's the sports packages. I mean, we have uh, chances to meet uh, all kinds of – let's see, we have – the attorney, let me see, here it is, 
We've got a lunch with the LADA when O.J. Simpson was on trial. We've got a Wheel of Fortune uh, package for Ford to meet Pat and Vanna, uh, photos at the wheel with both of them, Wheel of uh, Fortune merchandise for four people. So that's, again, experience package for the L.A. crowd. Um, the Steiner Sports, of course, uh, they're tremendous. They donated a $100 gift card. You get a tour and a signed book from Mr. Steiner himself. Uh, lunch with the creator of Wizards of Waverly Place. I mean, it, on and on. In other words, we've gotten over 85 items and time and experience packages donated from different people from different walks of life. There's something for everybody. And, you know, just to get a chance to take a look at it and, and uh, really uh, it, it's different experience that you can find a way to uh, donate and, and put up the money for the auction and you'll have a tremendous time. Wow. And uh, first of all, as someone, I, I lived in New York for a very long time in California now, but I spent uh, quite a lot of time at Lucky Strike Bowling Alley. So I mean, uh, I'm, I, bowling is one of any sport where you can have pizza and drink something while you play. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, you're in. You're in. <laughs> you have me at that. Um, well, this is great. I mean, that's an amazing story you told me. Uh, and it's, 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 Funny, because I was going through your career through BaseballReference.com, which is the greatest website in the history of the planet Earth, and you you mentioned that you got you met you met Perry, and that was the same around the time you threw your season-ending complete game shutout at City Field. Yeah, yeah, I, I, they coincided just around the same time, and that, to me, is a, was a tall tale sign that good things were to come. I got that bracelet, and I actually have it in my house in Arizona. Um, wow. It's one of my keepsakes. You get to write your name as the – that's the first complete game shutout by a Met at City Field. No, there will be many since. There's Santana yeah. threw a no-hitter, but no one <laughs> – no one will ever throw a first one right there. Exactly. No, that that was that was part of it. If you ever have an opportunity, I always say you want to kind of leave your mark. And so I had a tremendous uh, time with the Mets. And now that my yeah. name will live there forever with all the rest of the legends there, it's right. uh, something special. Well, and and so folks, I will put up on com and on the Facebook page and on the Twitter uh, feed. Uh, all the links to be a part of the uh, uh, to, to be a part of the Nelson Figueroa Annual Charity Ball, which is going to be on Martin Luther King Day, which this year is the 16th, uh, Monday the 16th, six to nine um, Eastern Time in New York City. Uh, it's great. Obviously, if you if you didn't get chills hearing some of that stuff, then I'm sorry, you're dead as a human being. To, me. <laughs> I mean, to be able to have kids who are you know, confined to wheelchair for most of their life, be able to do the zip lines and the jet skis and all this. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's just fantastic. And and so just support it. And if for no other reason, to to bowl and maybe meet people involved with the Mets and freaking Blue Bloods, which is one of the best shows on TV right now. So yeah, no. I mean, so it's 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 everything's great. Even if you don't have a heart in your body, at least bowl and and you know. Auction, you know, try to get an uh, auction for uh, a pitching lesson with Nelson Figueroa, no less. Oh, yeah, we've got all different kinds of door prizes as well. Yeah. Some of the uh, kind of normal items, you know, you have signed autograph stuff yeah. from uh, Breeze and some other sports figures. So those those will be ready at the door. We have a, a few packages set up there as well. So it's a chance to come out and have a good time and, again, slap some high fives and, and uh, we'll make it, a, make it a competitive environment, but all for fun. 
I remember Frank Rodriguez because uh, I'm a I'm a Boston Red Sox fan. Uh, there you but go. Who, who has gotten over 1986? Uh, three, seeing my team win three World Series has helped me get over 1986. <laughs> but uh, I remember specifically he was traded. He was a Red Sox farmhand and sort of young phenom, and was traded for Rick Aguilera for doing yep. the stretch. And the thing I remember best about Frankie Rodriguez was they weren't sure if he was going to make it to the majors as a pitcher or a hitter. He was like, there was there was rumblings whether he was going to be a two-way player. Cause yeah, he, he started he, out as a shortstop. They let him try to make it as a shortstop, and what they told him was, if, uh, you know, he, he got to high A ball as a shortstop, and they said, well, if you want to do it as a pitcher, you can be in the big leagues next year. If you want to do it as a shortstop, you're going to have to go to, you know, the next level of A ball, then double A, then triple A, and then to the big leagues. So when do you want to get there? And he goes, I want to be there tomorrow. So he converted <laughs> to being a pitcher, and the rest is history. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about your history a little bit here, too, because you have, you, have you have a kind of career that I love to look at because you – you're the Johnny Cash song. I've been everywhere, and you you played all over the map in the majors. You played all over the map, just in in China and and in in the Caribbean season series. But here's what I want to bring up. Um, you are you're the first Met to throw a complete game shutout at City Field. You're the first Brandeis graduate to make it to the majors. My mother taught at Brandeis. So oh, wow. when, I saw, when I saw that you were a Brandeis grad, I thought, wow, I don't remember Brandeis being a big baseball powerhouse <laughs> when my mom was teaching there. But yep, there, no, there, there you are. Yeah, it was uh, it was one of those situations again in high school. I was trying to be as well rounded of a student as I could be, and you know, yeah. make myself as attractive to all the universities. And I, of course, I had the dream that I wanted to play major league baseball, but I realized that I could use sports as a vehicle to get myself to college. And so, I was kind of looking at my options. Uh, a lot of the Big East schools I went and visited. They said, "Well, mm-hmm. you know, you're kind of you're on the small side. You don't throw as hard. You you know, you don't uh, hit you know hit for a lot of power." So you might be able to kind of crack the lineup or the rotation in your junior year. Well, I wasn't okay with sitting the bench for two years, and so I had uh, played in a baseball tournament up in Waltham, mm-hmm. and their their pitching coach was actually at the game, and he saw me pitch, and I was hitting 88, 89 on the gun, and this is in high school, and so he asked me if I knew where I wanted to go to college. I said, well, I was looking around at some of the bigger schools, but I said I had a, a, a very high GPA. I was president of the student body, captain of the bowling team. You know, that's between me and you because, again, I'm hustling <laughs> these guys. Uh, so I said, I'm captain of the bowling team, and uh, he was like, oh, wow, great, and he gave me the information. So I went back to my academic advisor at, at uh, Abraham Lincoln High School, and Mr. Glenn looked at me and he said, Brandeis, wow, that's funny. I didn't know you were Jewish. And, <laughs> I, and I immediately said, I have no idea what that means. And he explained it to me. And then I realized after my freshman year what it meant, the school being over 70% Jewish. But it was, he goes, this education is second to none. So if they're going to find a way to get you in there, and I, you know, I qualified for great academic scholarships and uh, was able to go there and had a tremendous experience. And I went with the big fish in a little pond theory. Um, if I can right. stand out there, then I would be seen by a few scouts, and all it takes is one scout, one organization, and, you know, the rest, you, once you get in there, nobody cares where you came from, and that's exactly what happened. Well, I love the fact that you're a Brooklyn-born guy, 
uh, I grew up in Weston, which is the next town over from from Waltham. And you, you're a Brooklyn-born guy. You wind up going to Brandeis, which many people in Brooklyn love to have their kids go to Brandeis. And you get drafted by the Mets, and yet if you, in 1995, and yet it took you until 2008 to play a game as a Mets a New York Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that vividly when I got traded. I got traded in 1998 with Bernard Gilkey uh, over to the Diamondbacks. Right. And I remember when I went in the office and they said, hey, congratulations, you're going to AAA. And my AA team at the time, we were shooting for a playoff spot, and I was the number one pitcher on the team. And I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. I want to stay here. I want to ride this out. I want to win a championship with this team. And they were like, no, you know, you, you're going to AAA. They go, but that's the good news. The bad news is it's with another organization. And once that came out of John Gibbons' mouth, John Gibbons was my manager at the time. It was the right. manager for Toronto Blue Jays. Once he said that to me, it was straight Charlie Brown. All I heard after that was womp, 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 womp. My, my heart was pounding in my throat. I couldn't breathe. It was like, this isn't happening. And I told him, I said, I don't want to go. I said, tell them I don't want to go. He's like, you don't have a choice. I said, what do you mean I don't have a choice? And he's like, no, you've been traded. This other team wants to give you the opportunity to get to the big leagues faster. This is why they want you. And I said, well, I don't want to play for anybody else. I want to play for the Mets. And, you know, I had to take that ride. And eventually I did get to play for the Mets 13 years later. But uh, the journey to get there was a little longer than I had hoped for. But nevertheless, it was sweet either way. Yeah, I mean, it took you – you played in – you played in the Mexican League. You played in – had you played in China? Was that before or after you played in – I can't remember. That was, actually, the, what happened was in 2004, um, yeah. I hurt myself while pitching with the Pittsburgh Pirates. I had surgery after that season. Missed all right. in 2005. 2006, I was coming back. I played independent ball in the Atlantic League here in, mm-hmm. uh, the, with the Long Island Oh, the Ducks. Ducks. You were the Ducks. You played the Bluefish. In the, yes. The Bridgeport yep. Bluefish. Yes, sir. And Louis Lopez, who was there for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wound up, uh, I was only there, thank goodness, for two weeks. And then uh, <laughs> the, my old pitching coach with the Pirates, was Spin Williams, was, a, was an assistant with the Nationals. I signed with the Nationals. I was kind of that extra player in AAA. They had like back-to-back 18-inning games. They needed a pitcher, so they signed me. So I was just happy to be somewhere where I could throw and be under, you know, a major league organization. And so I was uh, still getting my arm back into game shape. Now the following year, I went to winter ball in 2006. 2007, I got released in camp by the uh, Mariners who wanted me to throw sidearms. So I was a drop-down sidearm guy for them. They released me. I went to Mexico and played in Mexico. I had 11 complete games and 18 starts. Still nobody wanted to sign me. I went to Taiwan because they said they would give me two months guaranteed whether I played or not. I wound up pitching finally in Taiwan right before the playoffs, and I wound up winning nine straight games, including games one, four, and seven of the Taiwanese championship. Wow. Still didn't have a job offer yet. Came back home to Arizona, went to Mexican Winter League. My team in Mexican Winter League got eliminated. I got a phone call from Dominican Winter League with Aguilas. I went there with that team. We wound up winning the championship there, and I pitched – three wins in the championship game, one MVP of that. And then finally, after my 287th inning, I got a phone call from the Mets that said, we'd like to bring you to big league camp and, you know, see if you have a chance to make the team. And I signed right up. Wow. And there, I mean, just think about that, you know, Brooklyn to the Mets by way of Brandeis, 
<laughs> Tucson, Tucson, Arizona, Diamondbacks, Phillies, Brewers, Pirates, Buffalo, <laughs> Binghamton, Mexico, Dominican, China. I mean, all over, just to get from Brooklyn to Queens. Just to and, get uh, and then, But you wind up throwing the good game shutout to close out 2009. Yep, and like I said, made it all worthwhile. I just I have pulled up here just just out of my own happiness here. Um, the first game you ever pitched in the bigs. Um, I don't know if you. I'm sure you remember it. My God, I remember. I think I remember my first day. But do you remember that in your first ever game, you're pitching for the D-backs under Showalter yes. in, in Texas, and in yes. the first inning in the major leagues, you had to face both Ivan Rodriguez and Rafael Palmero. Welcome yes. to the major leagues. <laughs> oh yeah, trust me. And, that, and this was back in the heyday of uh, the steroid era. So you also had David Segui in that lineup. You also had, <laughs> and and, and I remember just going out there and going, okay, just breathe, just breathe. Yeah. You know, and this is. I, well, I was warming up, and I remember the fans on top of me saying, "That's all you got, Rook. That's it. Oh, we're gonna eat that up." And I'm like, "Oh boy." And again, I remember my first strikeout wound up being Luis Alisea. Mm-hmm. Wound up being the Mets' first base coach for me when I was there with the Mets in uh, 2000. I think that was eight. Um, did you remind? Did you? Oh yeah, I absolutely did. I absolutely. <laughs> and he goes, I was. A, he goes, I was a lot of strikeouts for a lot of people. <laughs> so for me, it was. Uh, I, I remember vividly that that game that uh, Matt Williams made two errors, two ground balls by Pudge Rodriguez right through mm-hmm. his leg, and he was so upset. We lost that game. It was a close game. Yeah. Um, and I remember uh, afterwards, you know. Again, going up against that lineup in that ballpark, you know, not an easy task. And Showalter, you know, told me, you know, what a tremendous job it was. And I remember just sitting down. I was sitting right next to Randy Johnson, and I just kind of looked at him, and I go, how do you make it look so easy? I was like, I I think I'm going to sleep for, like, the next week. And I I go, you go out there and just dominate and, you know, never have a smile on. I go, me, I was trying not to smile the whole time because I was so excited, you know, being a wide kid around all these big leaguers. And uh, years later, I had Matt Williams as my one of my coaches with the D-backs almost in my final season in uh, pro ball in 2013, and I got a chance to uh, talk with him and, and, and let him know. I said, do you remember that when you came in and he slammed his glove down? He said, I can't believe you make your debut and I played like the rookie. <laughs> well, I'll tell you another thing. I bet, okay, I'm not going to put anything in your head. I'm not going to speak for you, but I have a feeling that you're probably rooting big time for Kurt Schilling to make it to the Hall of Fame, just so you could tell people you got traded for a Hall of Favor. Because yeah. Oh yeah, any any anything that goes to the resume, where uh, you know <laughs> you can walk into a bar and then I I, I still I, I can walk into any bar right now and say I was a 20 game winner in the big leagues. It took me 11 years, but I was a 20 game winner. So uh, it's it's things like that where you know I, I know I laugh with my new job at SNY being an analyst when people right. are like, well, you were never that good, or you were this, because with Google, everybody's always right. So, you know, I laugh, and I said, so if me and you are, are sitting uh, at a bar and the the loser of the, of the bet has to, you know, buy the other one a drink, I go, who in this room here struck out, you know, Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, Tripper Jones. Oh, yeah, that'd be me. Okay, I was just thinking that. I go, so I, I take away my little victories from everything in my career that I've done. And, and just to think about, I was, I still do it. I still play the video game like a little kid. And, and, and 
think about how awesome it was to be on the field with those guys, especially in that era of baseball. And you know what? I, I, I have zero regrets. Now, I have a question for you because I'm, I'm a – I'm as I said, I'm a Boston fan, but I'm living here in the in the Bay Area, and I'm surrounded by rabid Giant fans, including my dad, who was a Giant fan when they were in the Polo Grounds. Nice. And he he's from Bridgeport. That's why I brought up my my parents are from Bridgeport. That's why Bluefish, yeah. Bluefish. But uh, the year the Giants won the World Series in 2010, you were a member of the Phillies, and you earned a Pretty wild save in a crazy, crazy game Ugh. that was kind of a playoff preview between the Giants when the with Lincecum when Lincecum was Lincecum right. and Cole Hamels who was no slouch himself and it wound up boiling down to like I don't know if you remember this game that I'm talking about but oh, it was yeah. an eleven inning game where the Phillies rallied off of Wilson in the ninth yep. and had a lead in the 10th, blew the lead in the 10th, scored two in the 11th, and Charlie Manuel handed the ball to Brandeis graduate Nelson Figueroa to save the game because he went through all of his other pitchers to save the game, apparently. <laughs> Don't take offense to that, but it just do oh, no. like And you had... Um, let's just call it an interesting inning, but you got the save. You, do you remember the game I'm talking about? I, I absolutely do, and I can tell you, I always say about all, all's well that ends well. So as long as it went down in the book as a save, everything that happened in the inning was just for effect. I said I just it was just to get the fans into it. They were excited <laughs> about uh, uh, all the opportunities. I remember in that game that I, I kept looking around. I go. There's no one left. It's going to be me. I'm going in for the save. And I go into the game, and I'm warming up, and I'm just kind of laughing to myself, going, okay, so what can I do now? Because I can't reach back and throw 95. I never had 95 in the tank. I go, um, am I going to make up some pitches? What am I going to do? Do I change the way I throw? Do I make a face? What do I do as a closer? And I said, I'm going to go out there and just try and get them to hit it at people. Because that's, that's all I got going right now. <laughs> Let me get him to hit it right at people, and that's exactly what happened. I got a guy to hit into a double play. I said, I think I, there was a line drive even off of me, off my, my backside. There was. That was by, that was by Uribe. Yeah, exactly, and he doesn't hit the ball soft. I remember that. It came right back at me, and I was like, okay, well, I'm last man standing. i got to get through this somehow. So I had that nice tattoo mark for the rest of the time. But I remember I get out, get out of it. We shake hands. I'm all excited. We get in the clubhouse, and we find out the next day that Ryan Madsen had broken his foot kicking a chair when he didn't when he blew his save. Oh, and you're it, kidding me! He yeah, pulled a Kevin Brown. Oh my yeah. god! And so I'm sitting in the in, I'm sitting in the clubhouse the next day, and the media comes over to me and they go, "Well, what do you think about that?" And I go, "Well, I mean, I guess Charlie's going to have to go with the most successful closer in all of baseball history." Uh, which would be me, since I'm one for one. I, I'm a you know 100% in save opportunities. So they all started laughing. I go, what's so funny? I go, hey, you got to start somewhere, guys. And they all start walking away. I go, nobody wants to talk about this. Needless <laughs> so, to say, I will. That's a, a, a day I will never forget. Oh man, I, I that was just and it was a it was one of those crazy endings where you rebate singled off view. Molina got a big hit. Sherholtz hit the double, and 
Uribe could not score the tying run, and they threw him out at home on one play, and finally he got uh, Torres out. But it was, man, that was just a a game where it was, <laughs> it was less about did we win and more did we survive. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That would, that would, that would uh, sum up that 2010 team in Philly. By the way, just as, as a parenthetical, for the day that Ryan Madsen blew a save and broke his foot, he got the win. He, he, was, credited, he was credited with the win that day. How about so, that? <laughs> well, look, it. This has been. I, I. This has been a lot of fun, and um, and everyone as as I'll put up all the info again. So please, if you're in the if you're in the tri-state area. Whether you're a Bluefish fan or a Brandeis grad in Brooklyn, uh, head on down to uh, Lucky Strike Manhattan on the 16th day of January. I'll leave all there's there's I'll leave all the links, including where you can order your tickets online. And Nelson Figueroa, thanks so much for for being part of it and sharing some memories. And hey, I never struck out Chipper Jones. I don't think he struck him out in a video game, let alone in real life. So. I appreciate it, Sully. Thank you very much. All right, man. Thanks so much for being part of it, and and, and good luck for, for the Mets this upcoming year. Thank you. Take care. All right. Bye. Thank you, Nelson Figueroa, and I'm going to put on SullyBaseball.com and on Twitter and on MLB Reports the information for the Nelson Figueroa Annual Charity Bowl. And if anyone out there is listening is from Brandeis University, man, I hope you feel the pride. So, hey, if you're in the New York area, go check out the Nelson Figueroa Annual Charity Bowl. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. And I hope you had fun listening to this great conversation we had. So go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe at iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the fifth day of January 2017. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.